BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. This is the best weekend talk show in America. I'm strong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. You have stumbled upon the best weekend talk show in America with Armstrong and Getty. The big stories, the issues, the controversies from the week looked at afresh without mainstream media spin. If you like what you hear, please do check out the podcast of our daily radio show that's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand and is available wherever podcasts are found. If you don't like it, mind your own business. Keep it to yourself. Exactly. So now enjoy the best weekend talk show in America. They have made incremental progress uh, in the last few days. There's no doubt about it. And they've done it at a great cost. I mean, they continue to throw uh, body after body into this uh, into this effort to secure these two towns. So that's John Kirby from the uh, White House yesterday talking about how the, the Russians are willing to throw a lot of people at various towns in Ukraine to try to get over. We have our Secretary of Defense over there right now. Uh, there's quite the argument going on over whether or not Germany's going to give them tanks or they won't give them tanks unless we give them tanks. And the leak from the White House is we're not going to give Ukraine the tanks. Uh, it seems to be a crucial moment. Let's uh, discuss that and more with Dr. Jeff McCausland. Jeff is a CBS News military consultant, founder and CEO of Diamond Six Leadership and Strategy, LLC. Jeff, it's always a pleasure. How are you? Doing very well, sir. Hope you Excellent. guys are also. 
We are terrific. Thank you. Hey, before we get into some of the proposed additions to Ukraine's arsenal, let's just take a look at at the uh, the situation as it stands right now on the ground and where it's likely to go as the spring warms. Well, for the last couple of months on the ground, things have kind of frozen in place. Part of that driven by, I think, the changes in weather. It hasn't had a really super cold winter and a hard freeze, but we've had a lot of mud and marsh, particularly down there in the Donbass region where a lot of fighting is occurring. And that has caused the uh, ground operations to slow. That being said, as you suggest at the top, a lot of fighting as the Russians have been trying to take a relatively small city called Bakhmut. And in doing so, they have employed really, in many cases, human wave attacks. Interesting, a combination of Russian army, but also the Wagner group, this mercenary group uh, owned by a guy named Evgeny Prigozhin that Mr. Putin has used around the world in some public disagreements between the Wagner group and the Russian army over who actually is being successful, who's the best military, who's being provided the most support by the, the Russian government. And right now they are making some very slow progress at, at, great, at great losses. Then, of course, you had the, the war in the air, which has been this continuous Russian missile attack, drone attack on major Ukrainian cities. In the last few days, we had this um, a missile strike on the town of Dnipro, in which the Russians used an older, actually, missile that was designed to take down aircraft carriers back in the Cold War, relatively inaccurate. Uh, and they struck Dnipro, hit an apartment block, took down a whole section of this apartment block, probably the sig- single most devastating loss of civilian life in one attack. Over 50 people so far have been uh, listed as killed in that particular apartment house to include a large number of children, underscoring, once again, the Russian intent, which is to terrorize the Ukrainian population, hopefully break their willpower and get the Zelensky government to sue for peace. Uh, With their more accurate systems, they've been trying to take down Ukrainian electric power grid, water supply, etc., to deprive people of those things in an effort to get them, again, to try to quit this war. So that's where things stand. What's happening in terms of military hardware, as you suggest, is the transfer of more sophisticated military hardware during this interim period and the training of Ukrainian forces, a significant number right now training in groups of about 500, about a battalion uh, at some of our bases in Germany, a number number of Ukrainians now trading on the Patriot back in Oklahoma. So I think this is intended by late spring to see that equipment fielded, Ukrainians trained on it. So in either, either they, A, they can conduct a counteroffensive and try to take more territory back from the Russians, or at least B, they've got mobile forces that can act as a mobile defense if, in fact, the Russians are able to get their act together and conduct their own spring offensive, which many people think is likely. So I don't know if you saw the Wall Street Journal editorial board opinion piece today where they're saying the Biden administration is being too timid giving the Ukrainians just enough to not lose, but allowing them to take just horrible, horrible, horrible losses, but not giving them enough to win and arguing that we absolutely need to give them the Abrams tanks. Would, would, the, would, the, would the tanks from Germany and from us, would that make a big difference to start with? It would if they were delivered in significant numbers. I mean, the British have announced they'll deliver 14 Challenger tanks to the Ukrainians, not, an in, not a militarily insignificant amount of equipment, but that's about one company. If you look at what the Ukrainian general staff says they require to conduct an effective counteroffensive, they would say we need three or 400 uh, main battle tanks. We need several hundred additional artillery pieces, several hundred additional armored personnel carriers. So it's, it's a matter of the quantity as well as the quality of the equipment. Uh, there has been some hope that the British 
making that particular announcement would kind of break the dam of the political opposition across the alliance, to include the United States, uh, to provide the Ukrainians uh, more advanced tanks, and most notably not only the M1 tank, uh, but also the Leo 2, Leopard 2 tank, which is German-constructed, <clears throat> which major, many of the NATO allies have. The Poles have already indicated they would be willing to provide some Leo 2s to Ukraine, but under these foreign military sales agreements, if you buy a major weapon system from one country, part of the agreement is you can't then transfer or sell it to a third country absent the producer's agreement to do that. And that also then guarantees resupply of spare parts and all that kind of stuff. So the Germans are pivotal uh, in this discussion in terms of uh, agreeing to let Polish Leo 2s or German Leo 2s, obviously, or others to be provided to uh, Ukraine. That'll be a major topic of conversation tomorrow in Ramstein, Germany, where this Ukrainian contact group, including Secretary of Defense Austin, will meet to talk about military aid to Ukraine. Jeff McCausland's online. And Jeff, obviously, uh, the question of what to equip the Ukrainians with has been a push and pull between what they need and fear of escalating the conflict with Russia and perhaps pulling in NATO, etc. Interesting uh, story reported in the New York Times in that direction that after months of discussion with Ukrainian officials, the Biden administration is finally starting to concede that Kiev may need the power to strike the Russian the Russians in Crimea and may be willing to say, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, one of the things that has been ongoing is the goals of the United States in this war and the goals in Ukraine in this war overlap, but have not been necessarily coincident. And the Ukrainians have talked from the very onset that their goal is to recover all of the territory of Ukraine, which includes that territory, Crimea, and a portion of Luhansk province, which was seized by the Russians back in 2014. Now, the United States and the world community at large has never recognized those territories as Russian and has always insisted that they were still part of Ukraine. But the fear always was if we push Russia on the red lines in those territorial areas, that might then result in, in escalation where we might see the war expand geographically, might the Russians attack a, a NATO partner, or it might even escalate even to the consideration of using nuclear weapons. So one of the goals of the Biden administration, frankly, has been let's confine this war to the territory of Ukraine and be careful about what those things that might encourage uh, Russian escalation. Over the last 10 months, though, obviously that has changed dramatically in terms of sort of our self-imposed restraint I mean, think about the Germans, for example. When the war began in February, the German defense minister at the time announced that Germany would ship 5,000 helmets to Ukraine, which didn't dissuade the Russians from continuing their attack. Uh, And now, 10 months later, the Germans are considering Mm. sending Patriot missile batteries and Leopard 2 tanks. So there has been a steady, if you will, uh, elevation in the kind of military hardware numbers sophistication, et cetera, that the West, the United States, as well as others, is willing to provide. And and we're at another juncture, which is also then bespoke about, are we willing to then find our willingness to support them in securing all that territory back? Uh, These weapons and offensive capability might threaten uh, seizure of Ukraine or might cut Ukraine off, or Crimea, I mean, cut Crimea off from the land bridge the Russians have seized to Russia proper. And then might put the Russians in a real bind in trying to support the residual forces they might have in Crimea. So to what Joe was just talking about, the Wall Street Journal editorial board is arguing that the U.S. has to let Ukraine strike Russian territory. And and the fact that the Russians know they won't be hit in their territory allows them to amass forces right on the border and 
and that sort of thing. And their question is, why should a dictator who rolled over a foreign border be free to claim its territory as sacrosanct? Do you agree with that? Do you, would, would that make a big difference? And do you think that that's a red line that Putin would uh, react to? Yeah, I mean, th- th- we were allowing them a sanctuary is what it boils down to. Uh, and But we've seen Putin, you know, announce red lines, but then not exactly fulfill those red lines. We talked that, you know, attacks on Russian territory would result in massive responses by Russia. Well, the Ukrainians have routinely conducted attacks uh, against Crimea. They were the ones that took down a portion of the Kerch Bridge, for example. They struck a couple air bases. They sank the Moskva, which was the flagship of the Black Sea Fleet there which is uh, based in on Crimea. And we've seen uh, Ukrainian drone attacks against uh, Russian air bases on Russian territory and reports of Ukrainian special operations attacks uh, being conducted on Russian territory. And we have not seen that consummate response. In addition, of course, the Russians announced that they were annexing four, four provinces uh, of uh, Ukraine as part of now Russian territory. So therefore, you would think they would be part of that red line. And we're seeing attacks by Ukrainians in in Zaporizhia and Luhansk and Crimea uh, in those four provinces on a daily basis. So once again, we're not seeing that consummate response to that red line that Mr. Putin announced. So it would seem only logical that, you know, you can't provide the aggressor that sanctuary and Ukraine's ability to strike bases that the Russians are using to launch aircraft that are launching missiles against Ukrainian cities and killing 9,000 Ukrainian civilians, which they have done, or Ukraine or Russian supply lines that are on Russian territory that are supplying Russian forces conducting military operations uh, in Ukraine would only seem appropriate if, in fact, you really want to win this war. CBS News military consultant Jeff McCausland. Jeff, always enlightening. Thanks so much for the time. Take care, guys. I'm pretty hawkish on the whole uh, supporting Ukraine thing. I think for because of American interest, I think the American first argument is that we make sure Ukraine wins. But, you know, like our friend Mike Lyons doesn't believe that. Our other military consultant, he says it's a regional conflict that we don't have much national interest in. So uh, this the this would be a very provocative thing. Man, we give them U.S. tanks and say, go ahead and hit Russian territory. I mean, that's like McCausland was just explaining. That's a long way from where we all started. Long yeah. way from where we all started. Yeah. For those yeah. of you like the Tucker Carlson crowd, you know that like you're begging for a nuclear war. What the hell are you doing? Well, I think this illustrates uh, rather nicely something we've talked about in the past and is worth remembering that as history unfolds, it's much more complicated and much less predetermined seeming than history books would have you believe. Right. Looking backwards. Yeah. Looking backwards. It's of course the of course the colonies overthrew the British. Everybody wanted to. They were oppressive. The Tea Party. I've read about that. The Boston Tea Party and and the tars and featherings. And of of course. Oh, no, it was incredibly controversial. I mean, the the let's overthrow England crowd barely won. Or, of course, appeasing Hitler was a bad idea. Yeah. You know, it was the concern that uh, it's a sa- basically the same argument. You know, you don't want to make him angry. Who knows what he'll do then? Let's just let him take a little bit of land, you know. Um, and keep negotiating. And keep keep negotiating. pressuring him. Yeah. yeah. To avoid a world war. Not saying that would have worked, but yeah. I'm glad I'm not making these decisions. I think all of us are glad you're not <laughs> making these decisions, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, it's just too easy. Yeah, heck of a thing if we give him our tanks. We actually have U.S. tanks rolling 
across the landscape of Ukraine and then cross the borders? I mean, that seems crazy now, but the things we're talking about now seemed crazy a year ago. How about how about uh, Crimea? Nobody has recognized Crimea as being part of Russia except like Belarus. So is that striking Russian territory really? I don't think so, but it matters to what what Putin thinks. Yeah, the, you know, one of my gripes with the oh, and then we need to wrap this up. But the editorial board of the uh, Wall Street Journal, which you're quoting, was it was framing the question of whether the Ukrainians ought to be able to hit uh, Russians inside of Russia as some sort of moral question or logical question. It's entirely a practical question. Will this provoke horrors that the world is not willing to endure? Not whether they should be able to. That's ridiculous. And any time somebody frames a question in a way that is inappropriate and they're smart enough to know it, uh, I, I wonder what's going on. I'm, I feel like I'm getting jobbed or somebody's okay. trying to job me. Well, we'll see this uh, play out over days, weeks, and months. Hopefully not years. It's been a year. In a couple of weeks, it will have been a year since this whole thing started. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. We are Armstrong and Getty, and this is the best weekend talk show in America. Grab our podcast. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.